Hi, this is Doug Kay, the co-host of All About the Gear, and you're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by iFi. Point, shoot, iFi. Try it for free at twip.pro slash iFi. That's T-W-I-P dot P-R-O slash iFi. TWIP is brought to you by Stride Health, connecting photographers and other self-employed workers with affordable health coverage and quality health care. Get covered today. Enrollment is open until December 15th. TWIP is brought to you by FreshBooks, the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Sign up for free at FreshBooks.com and join over 5 million users running their businesses with ease. This is TWIP, episode 438, Overexposing Instagram. Instagram has been rapidly rising to, in some cases, replace its big brother Facebook as the de facto social media platform for many people. And with that popularity comes, as we are learning, a ton of pressure to get more likes and views. Now, obviously, it's pretty young models that garner the majority of attention on the platform, but one young 18-year-old model is speaking out and saying, don't believe the hype. Also, photographic and electronics retailer B&H is under fire amidst a discrimination lawsuit from the majority of its workers. In this episode, we armchair quarterback the situation and discuss how we think B&H should handle it. And lastly, National Geographic, founded in 1888, is downsizing as part of being acquired by 20th Century Fox. This turning point in the industry brings mixed reactions from the TWIP crew, including a discussion about layoffs and the overall rapid evolution of the photography industry. It's Monday, November 9th, 2015, and this is TWIP. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. A really, this is an interesting show we have lined up for you today. Some some newsworthy kind of important stories in there, not just the the usual fluff like we did last week with the funny stories. This one is more of an important show. And uh, to tackle some of the stories that we have lined up are Miss Valerie Jardin, Mr. Derek Story, and a new addition to the TWIP host lineup is Mr. Eric Chang. Hey, guys. Hey, hello. everyone. Hello, hey. hello. All right. Uh, let's just do some quick introductions. Valerie, before it, when we were sitting in the green room just now, the virtual green room, you were saying you were saying you're exhausted because you've been on planes for too long. Like, come on. You like you and your first world problems. You're like, you know, what? I got to go to Paris and then I got to go to Barcelona and then Normandy. I hate my life. Right? No, I never said that. I said I was a little tired. It's the end of a really, really busy season. And uh, and I'm done with workshops for for the year now until January. But oh, wow. I'm doing a lot of speaking engagements um, as a Fuji x-series photographer so that's cool, they're flying that's cool. Me everywhere. are you doing are you doing out of chicago again this year uh next year yeah out of chicago oh, yeah, and next most year. likely out of new york so i'll see you there. oh very cool yes i'll see you at both of those cool all right well welcome back to the show it's good to Thanks. have you got lots of stuff for you to chime in on today also on the show uh mr derek story hey derek what's going on man 
Hey, Frederick. Oh, I'm doing great. Doing fantastic. What's happening when we started recording? Everybody's so busy these days. You're like, okay, I just clicked the stop button from recording a digital story. And now I'm in this week in photo. You're just, (laughs) yes. what's going on in your world, man? Yes. Uh, Lots of stuff. You know, one of the things I try to do at the end of every year is get my house in order for the start of the next year. So I have momentum. So um, a lot of work on Nimble Photographer, a lot of work on Digital mm-hmm. Story. You and I are doing some stuff uh, yep. along those lines, planning the workshops for next year. Uh, just, you know, really, it's fun. I love this time of year. I like it when it gets a little rainy outside and and I got a big project list and I'm just hacking away at things and I'm not in airports right now. So I'm liking yeah, that part yeah. too. Yeah, It's interesting you say that you love this, this time of year because this time of year for for our corporate fans and listeners is always a hectic time of year because this is the layoff season, right? And we're going to talk yes, about that a yes. little bit. They always like yes. to do the layoffs in this quarter right before the holidays. I don't know what it is. All right. And yes. last but not least on the show, my good friend, Mr. Eric Chang is here. What's up, Eric? Hey, good to be it's on. Good. It's, it's been a long here. time since I, I mean, other than the one that you just did. Yep. Uh, I was on, I guess, in the Lytra days. and then... Yeah, that's right. You were <clears> way back then. Yeah, probably two two or three years ago, I think. Uh, two years ago? I don't remember. I can't keep track of time. I'm on a downhill uh, slope with this time <laughs> thing, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking about Valerie being tired, and I was thinking, I'm, I'm pretty tired, too, because because uh, we had a kid, and uh, that changes things a lot. I'm a night yeah. you know night owl, uh, as you know, and now I have to get up at 6.30 every day. So, but my my bedtime hasn't changed, <laughs> so uh, it's pretty brutal. So it's just getting compressed on either yeah. ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's well, right. Well, uh, good. Yeah, things are good. I'm I'm a uh, you know I've been doing the aerial back into aerial for for a long time um, with DJI. Now I'm out of aerial stuff. Not out of aerial stuff. I should say I'm ex DJI, but I'm still doing a lot of work from the air um, and just trying to figure out what's next. So it's a great time to be in between things. I mean, so much is going on in in the photography world. You picked a good time to be, uh, I don't want to say unemployed, but not employed, <laughs> you know, or yeah. between between employ is where you are. Yeah. Between full-time employ, I should say. Between yeah. full-time employ. Yep. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, man. This is, is going to be a good one. We got lots of cool stuff to talk about. Um, let's dive right in. The first story in our show notes here is about a former Instagram model. Her name is Essina O'Neill. Um she apparently she had some sort of life event. She's 18 years old. She's from Australia. She had some sort of life event that dis, that made her flip her bit and decide to kind of reveal the candid candidness of her her social media following. So she kind of started this vendetta against the world of social media being less than genuine in terms of the photos that models and other people fo- post. So a little bit about her. She's got an Instagram which is uh, a mix of scenic and candid or seemingly candid photos. And, uh, you know, there's waterfalls, there's all kinds of stuff in there. But she's got close to 580,000 followers. She has another 260,000 subscribers on her YouTube channel. And on Snapchat, she's hovering around 60,000. So she's, she's a media powerhouse in one person with a cell phone right now. And she's made the decision to say, you know what? All these photos that you see of me looking fabulous, they're not exactly genuine. And let me read some of the I'm looking at her page at the page right now where they posted some of her uh, her comments. Like she took a shot, like one of her shots she posted on Pinterest and she re-edited the comment to read. Um, 
what does it say? Not real life. Took over 100 in similar poses trying to make my stomach look good. And then the next one, she goes on. This one had 24,500 likes. She says, was paid 400 bucks to post a dress. That's when I had maybe 150K followers. With half a million followers, I know many online brands with big budgets that will pay up to 2,000 per post. It goes on like that. So she's basically... Pulling, <laughs> pulling the covers off of this industry. So for you guys, I wanted to, that's that in and of itself that this model decided to do that is interesting. But I wanted to shine a little light on this industry in general. And Derek, I want to start with you. Just the idea, many people don't know that this is a business behind, you know, some of these, these Instagrams, specifically these Instagram models that are out there and you see them doing interesting things or your celebrity people that you're following with millions of followers. They're in a lot of cases getting paid for that post, you know, that they're putting up there. Did you did you know about that? Did you know that this was kind of a kind of a, a shadow industry happening? I actually I did know that. Yes, um, because and, you're paid for your posts, right, Derek? Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. I, I saw Not you yet. in that bikini with that beard. <laughs> you know, and here's here's the thing: the whole selfie the whole selfie option is out for me right now on Instagram. So it doesn't work, but, but, you know, it, it is, it, it is a big deal. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, if you really follow Instagram and enjoy it, which I do, you see the product placements all the time. I mean, it's, it, it, they jump right out at you. You hear the stories of, of where, you know, for a lot of celebrities, this is something that they spend a big part of their week on, uh, setting up uh, Instagram shoots, uh, executing them, getting the right shot, doing all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, they, they put a lot of value into that for whatever reason. So, yes, it's not just people wandering around with their smartphones, you know, shooting their lunch. Uh, there, there's, you know, people build up their, their follower list and then they, you know, then they try to cash in on it. Uh, but not they everyone. Make it, in a lot of ways, like this model, some of these shots we're looking at, they make it look like it's candid. Like, hey, I just happened to be out partying with my friends with my Michael Kors purse with the logo showing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. But really, really, I mean, deep down inside, don't you know it's not candid? I mean, I I feel I feel like I do. I feel like I do. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I I have a, a wide variety of people that I follow mainly because I'm just fascinated by this whole thing, all the way from the people that, uh, you know, are, are taking pictures of their kids growing up, which, you know, is fun, through mm-hmm. the people that are doing something that is, you know, very, very self-oriented uh, with, you know, very stylized look and everything, and everything in between. It's all fascinating to me, but the stuff that's that's set up, I mean, I can feel it. I'm a photographer. I, I, I feel right. like I can look at a picture and figure it out. I wonder, Valerie, Valerie, you, you used to be in the commercial photography kind of industry, right? Before you, a, a year or so ago, made the jump into more street and workshops and all that. When you see stuff like this, is this, like, how does it rub you as someone that used oh, to do this professionally? Well, no, actually, what bothers me is actually what 13, 14-year-old girls are trying to look like and mm-hmm. the time they're spending, you know, I was just, I'm, I wasn't really aware of this because I have two boys who could care less about social media, but uh, one of my best friends has a 13 or 14 year old girl. And I, I, I shared the article with her today and she, she was so thankful that I did. She said, Mm. because it is such a big problem. She said she catches her daughter constantly with her friends 
posing and being so worried as to what they look before they they press the the you know they take the picture on their phone for Snapchat or Instagram and then they do actually do hashtag um, goals and things like that. They're thirteen mm-hmm. year old girls. They're yeah. never satisfied with the way they look. That is dangerous. Yeah. That's what bothers me about this. Is that yes, this looks fake. I agree. I mean, they look like they look like bad. Um, model pictures basically like out, outtakes from a model shoot or something yeah exactly yeah. like the between the scenes or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean she she actually does a pretty good job working with a phone and doing it on her own yeah but yeah. still it's just the whole idea behind it is just really sad and and such a a sign of times that i think parents are kind of disconnected as to what their 13 year olds are doing and mm-hmm. um and and it's yeah, it makes me it makes me happy. I don't have a daughter, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I, I applaud Asena for 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 doing yeah. this because it's mm-hmm. you know it takes a lot of I would say it takes a lot of courage. You know, there's a, interesting comments on from the because they embedded Facebook comments into that bl- that blog post. So it's interesting people's take, and you know, of course, there's your your requisite trolls in there, but. You know, people's take on, well, she if she didn't if she felt this way about the industry, she should have gotten a different job. And then other people are saying, yeah, she's awesome for shining a light on this for other like you're saying, Valerie, for other women that that may be thinking that this stuff is real. Eric, when you see this, when you look at this, I was when I read this article, I was thinking, okay, you look at the proliferation of social media out there and how it is in in or just instagram and how it is the way many of these kids are communicating back and forth with each other in the olden days say i don't know 10 years ago or so there was all this outcry about women being photoshopped on magazines and and the magazines presenting a, a, a disingenuous look and perception of what the ideal female should look like and now we're seeing these kinds of things, but these it's more believable in some ways because it's people that you can hashtag and communicate with. What do you think, Eric? I mean, is this yeah. is this the new new? Yeah, actually, my my first reaction was also that we I felt like we had seen this before. You know, yeah. this is sort of the same kind of standards of beauty affecting the way that mo- mostly young women behave, but you know, in some cases, uh, not just young women. Um, but I think in this case, she has a, a, a an opportunity to reach a lot of that audience, you know, which is something that I think the traditional magazines are no longer reaching as far as I know. I mean, maybe, maybe they are, but, um, you know, it seems like a, a really good, I think the story is great in that she, their message is, is one that it's the same message, but now she has the opportunity to reach all these people, you know, who are being affected by it now. And which is, they're sort of out of reach for us, you know, like look at the, those of us in this, in this, <laughs> in this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard for us to reach a 13 year old girl, you know, uh, and, um, so I think it's great. And but and the other thing is if you read through a lot of the comments, you know, the I think being in this situation, people are reacting poorly because she's in this situation where she's be, being given a lot and it's clearly a very it's it's sort of a first world issue, you know. Yeah, you were so joking bad, about yeah. first world problems before, and mm-hmm. it really does feel first world. And and I see this a lot also in conservation efforts and there there are a lot of I mean it doesn't mean it's not an issue. You know, it's definitely a real issue, but you can imagine someone who is who can't even imagine this kind of lifestyle looking at these and just thinking crime me a river, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's geograph, you know, it's geography. You can't, you can't like, I mean, I suppose you can, but I don't, it, you have to look at people have to take advantage, advantage of their natural resources. Yeah. Right. And this, this kid was born and 
you know, with certain assets, you know, which won't be there forever. And, you know, all models have the same thing. You know, they're born, they're beautiful, and then it goes away and they go do something else, you know. So you can't fault her for for doing it. Yeah, I'm not not faulting it. This is just, you know, if you read the comments, these are just sort of, you you can see that they're all such a different kinds of reactions. And I suppose that's a good thing because that's that's what's generating the, the controversy and the discussion. Yeah, and why, and why we're talking about it. Derek, you are going to say something? Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing, uh, it's been a few days since I read the article, but um, the thing that jumped out at me when I read the article was that she said she just wasn't happy. I yeah. mean, she, she yeah. just, she just uh, you know, she felt hollow. This wasn't making her happy. This, you know, she was just uh, tired of, of feeling that way. And that was, that was the thing that I came away with is that, you know, the same thing, you know, I, I work with models sometimes for certain assignments and I see how hard the work is. And, you know, these are regular models. These are models that this is what they're doing for a living. But, yeah. uh, you know, people's perception of, you know, someone that is, you know, that's, that's beautiful and, and photographs easily and all that is that, you know, they, they have this, this great, wonderful life. And of course it's, that's propelled on how it's projected on Instagram and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you do go home hollow. You don't you don't feel great. And uh, I've even noticed that after a speaking engagement, I'll be speaking in front of a whole bunch of people and then I go back to the hotel room and, you, you know, you have this little letdown. It doesn't feel great. So yeah, I, I was yeah. really touched by that, that, you know, here, you know, she, she was just saying, I'm just not happy anymore. And Well, yeah. but just being... Being somebody else is tiring. I mean, she is, is pretending to be somebody else yes. constantly. Imagine yes. how hard that would be. I mean, how yeah. the, the, you have to keep up that consistency. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the easiest but way to be is to be that's the gig, though. You. I mean, I, I understand that, you know, all that. But, it, it, but when you zoom out from it, like when I was in the Air Force and people... I felt like we were we were justified in complaining. We complained all the time. You know, I hate this. You know, oh my job sucks. All this. it was all. But we all at the end of the day, we went home. We came back the next day. You know, because we, you know, we wanted to obviously because we were there. But we were under contract, so we had to. When you look at these kinds of gigs and people, when people start complaining, I'm, the first thing goes through my head is like, quit. Go do go do something else. Yeah. If you don't like that thing, go flip burgers or go start a podcast or whatever. You don't. No one's got a gun to your head to go. But look get how young she was. Fifteen when she started. I mean, that was yeah. easy money, and she was getting new stuff, and she was, you know, getting all the likes and oh, you're so beautiful, and she yeah. it it got out of control, and yeah. and now it's like her integrity, and she finally woke up and decided she was tired of being a fake. I yeah. I mean I. Yeah. I think she was just so young, and that's that's what's dangerous is that they start so young, you know, projecting is, that image of themselves. It's dangerous and scary because you think about this, you know, when we were that young, there's no way we could have we like sat at McDonald's and reached five hundred and eighty thousand people before we finished our fries, you know. <laughs> like, no, you know, you know but, so it's dangerous in a lot of ways. Well, right? That's a great point. I mean, I think that's that's a really great point. Uh, that's tangential, but it's still very good. Which is, I'm glad I, I wasn't able to then because I remember how I was as a teenager. I was <laughs> yeah, an I was idiot, stupid. I so mean, was I. I was, <laughs> I'm know, just now getting and, out of that, Derek. <laughs> and 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 to, and to have some sort of. <laughs> I'm still working on, and to have some sort of permanent record on social media of my idiocy, uh, you know, that would, that would haunt me the rest of my life possibly. Oh man. You know, I, I, I have to tell you in a lot of ways, I I really feel for kids these days. 
Yeah, because she may be going through some sort of pubescent thing or whatever, and her mind her mind isn't right, and she's doing all this stuff online, which is being etched in granite. When she comes out of it and she hits, you know, normalcy or middle age or whatever, and she looks back, she's like, oh, my God, did I really say that? Yeah. Well, and and, and, and you can't take her. it back. Not just yeah. her, but every other kid. I mean, really good kids, oh, right? Yeah. Really kids yeah. that could be, you know, CEOs someday. Well, that's why, uh, that's why they're on know. Snapchat. They're all, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're all stupid at a certain age. Well, I mean, in, in, yeah. <laughs> well, in some ways it's good, right? Because if they, if they make these, it's almost like digital Darwinism, right? So they're kind of weeding themselves <laughs> out from being, from being part of the pack that was smart enough not to do that. So I don't know. Oh, I don't Eric, Eric, what do you think about this this whole industry, though? I mean, like I, I hinted at, she had 580,000 followers, uh, 260 un- subscribers on YouTube. She's a media empire, just one girl with a cell phone right now. And there are legions of her out there. She's not the only one. That's an entirely new market space out yeah. there. So, like, switching gears away from the moral and the hypotheticals yeah. and all this stuff about the, the situation that, that the story is, but just looking at the market in that new space, it's, it, and I look at it, and like you, like you hinted at, Eric, that's a space that we can't touch, right? In a lot of ways, unless we hire them to, to, to message or something, that's not something that, that we as older people can even engage in. It's an untouched world. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's funny. I think I think a lot of the conversations that photographers have constantly about exposure, you know, mm-hmm. the E word. Yeah. Uh, and everybody gets so mad about exposure. I actually I, I mean, I say no, because sometimes I don't want the exposure, or don't need it. Um, but I think a lot about uh, exposure and what it means, especially when you have something to sell, you know, and if you're going to sell it in this case, unfortunately, it's I mean, maybe fortunately, it's just the way it is. It's just kind of the mainstream things that she's trying to get away from it's it's how she looks and how she can sell products based on you know showing them in her feeds um but we all mm-hmm. have something we want to sell you know that's kind of how commercialism works and yeah. Yeah. and exposure can be really valuable and the things that i always looked for were exposures in exposure in the form of say a live link to your website from a big site you know that's very valuable you can't buy that kind of exposure and maybe yeah. having followers who you know like for example i'm running a, a contest on twitter right now which is a, re, a retweet contest which you know, normally, actually, I find them to be a little, I found them to be in the past, potentially annoying, you know, you, you barrage someone with all these, you know, please retweet this. So I'm trying to do it responsibly. Mm -hmm. But without followers, that retweet (laughs) campaign would would be useless. You know, so yeah, yeah, I I think it's just the way that that things are going and photographers are feeling it really hard. I mean, how many people look at she got paid what she's saying, like, you can get $2,000 per post to put a bikini on. I mean, how many photographers have sold an image for $2,000 recently? You know, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Again, you know, natural resources. She can do that now, but she won't be able to do it later, whereas photographer will be able to do that much longer. So, you know, things it's it's the long tail will be photographers theoretically can be viable doing the same thing for decades and decades you, you and decades, so, really? whereas <laughs> a model. I, I, yeah, I think not I think doing so. the same yeah, thing, I think evolving so. with. Yeah. Well, no, not doing the same thing, but but being right. a photographer or being an image maker, evolving with the times. But you know, it's what was the uh, the analogy someone used? It's you know, it, limited shelf life for that kind of industry, right? It's going to be a short right. window of time where she can get a large amount of money versus a long period of time where you can get relatively smaller amounts yeah. of money. And you were saying, you know, she, if she didn't like, if she doesn't like it, she uh, should just quit. And that's basically what she did. So I think it's it's great that she realized it early and. 
is is now has a message um and and so i have a lot of respect for that yeah 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 definitely we'll we'll put a link to her her uh instagram feed in the show notes for this post and of course the articles that we're referring to the story came to us from elite daily so definitely check it out all right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about B&H. They found themselves under fire amid some allegations of poor safety conditions and discrimination. This episode of TWIP is sponsored by iFi. iFi has a brand new vision for helping you manage your photography. Here's how they look at photography workflows, old versus new. The old way, point, shoot, download, organize, backup, die of boredom, then rinse and repeat. The new way... Point, shoot, and iFi. iFi pulls all of your original resolution photos from your digital camera and smartphone and puts them into a single, intelligently organized library. This library is then immediately viewable from all of your devices, and iFi backs up everything to the cloud as well as your desktop automatically. The best thing is you can try it for free today, twip.pro slash iFi. That's T-W-I-P dot P-R-O slash iFi. And we'd like to thank iFi for their support of This Week in Photo. All right, guys, we are back for story number two. This one's about B&H under fire amidst allegations of poor safety conditions and discrimination. So this comes to us from our friends over at Resource Magazine and Petapixel. So let me read this blurb for you guys. So. B&H is facing a crisis of sorts as 199 out of approximately 240 of its workers have come together to protest the working conditions and alleged discrimination at the photo warehouse giant. On October 11th, 2015, workers from B&H Photo and their families launched a union campaign representing over 150 warehouse workers with worker-led group Laundry Workers Center and United Steelworkers and called for the photo and video giant to fix what they are calling dangerous workplace conditions and discrimination against Latino employees. And uh, so on November November 5th, we're, it's November 9th as we're recording this, November 5th, B&H employees voted to join the United Steelworkers Union. And by the time the vote rolled around yesterday or yeah, I think it was yesterday as we record this, over 1,000 people in the photography and creative industry had signed an open letter in support of the B&H workers, including myself. So the quote is, we stand with the workers of the hashtag BH exposed campaign and call on B&H photo video, photo and video to allow the workers to form a union free form intimidation, free from intimidation and retaliation and quickly negotiate a fair contract, the letter reads. Many of us can no longer in good conscience patronize B&H and we stand together closely watching the company ready to act and support the workers. And I put a link in the show notes from David Hobby, another one of my my um, uh, virtual mentors. He's also known as Strobist. He tweeted his support to those to, to BNH as well. So I wanted to bring it to this forum to a shed some light on it. A lot of people may not even know that this is going on. Hopefully, this will this will bring it up a level or two. Uh, Valerie, when you saw this, like. I when, personally, when I saw this, when I read this story, I had no idea any of this was going on. You know, I just thought B&H, buy stuff, 
you know, go there, lust after the catalog and it's over. <laughs> you know, I never, I never thought about, you know, I, it never even occurred to me that they had dangerous workplace conditions, discrimination against Latino employees. I've even been there and it seemed like a happy, joyous gear filled place. And now we're seeing if there's, it's maybe not like that in the back room. What do you, what do you think about this story? Valerie? Well, I was, I found out today as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's shocking and I'm glad that something is, is being done. And I've, I've, bought at bnh i mean who hasn't you know yeah. mm-hmm. um i've it's always been um it's always been a good experience so i can't say anything about that but i would definitely think twice about placing another order after reading this to be honest with you yeah and uh and and i don't know why it took so long you know but at least um somebody blew the whistle and things are going to get done and i'm i'm so glad they're getting a union involved and uh are going to get some some make some changes happen yeah, yeah. And I know it, I, I read some of the comments, like people said, well, then prices are going to go up. Well, good. Then uh, our local camera stores will have a better chance. So that's, that's right. even better. That's right. Yeah. And when I saw this, you know, the first thing I think is like, yeah, you know, this can't be right. It's B&H. And then you see that 199 out of 240 people <laughs> there yeah. are. So, you know, it can't be like one guy just saying, hey, you know, I got bummed on my last <laughs> performance review and I'm pissed off. I'm going to I'm going to throw you guys under the bus. Eric Chang, you know, I'm sure you've bought one or two things at B&H in the past. What do you, what do you think about this? Did, was this disappointing or did you see it coming? Um, I, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty common to see this, this sort of story in any warehouse situation. You know, the yeah. stories came out about uh, Amazon not too long ago. Um, and it's really stories like this that encourage the companies to, to look a little bit harder to try to provide fair working conditions for, for employees. Having said that, I haven't seen a lot of uh, a lot of, inf- of information from B and H or you know additional articles that fact check and are you know give us more information. You know, we're we're just re- first of all, I'm extremely skeptical in general, and and so not to say that As yeah, not to say be. that this shouldn't As happen. Should but be. anytime I've been behind a media story, it's it's not been 100 percent accurate, and you have to read 10 stories from different sources and wait until somebody who you know can really get in does some some digging to find out what's really going on. So I, I'm, I'm just sort of waiting, you know, I'm, I'm not willing to put my, I mean, what does it mean to support something that you're not that educated about? So yes, I, you know, I support fair working conditions. Uh, I have shopped at B&H in the past, although it's been a while. Um, and, uh, and I'm just sort of, I mean, I would love to see what happens here. You know, I think there's a lot of pressure on B&H right now, certainly some bad press and um, which which might be a good thing. You know, that's a good thing to sort of encourage the company to open dialogues and and do the right thing. Yeah. 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 And I agree. I mean, on principle of this thing, I'm like I was saying 199 people out of 240, you know, they can't all be wrong. So, you know, looking at it from that standpoint, there's clearly something going on there. So and I'm I'm a by the people for the people kind of person. So but at the same time, I I I understand and agree with what you're saying, Eric, you know, it's all these stories come out and they're salacious and they're great. You know, we, you know, they're newsworthy, they draw hits and then you find out, Oh, by the way, it wasn't really like that because it was a B and C that, you know, that led to this. So, yeah. So it bears mentioning that B and H has not commented on this at all in any way. So we don't have, they, yeah, they put out, sorry, they, they put out like a two sentence reply that says that's, that right. basically says nothing. So, so they did comment. They but comment it, to no say that we're not commenting. 
yet. We're <laughs> yeah, not yet. We're yeah. going to take it under advisement. We're not going to come yeah. in. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Derek's story has purchased anything from BNH, but what do, you, what do you think about this story, Derek? We've heard a couple of sides of the coin down the line here. You're the last tree to fall. What do you think? Well, uh, if I was if I was working with B and H on this, I would say you know what you need to do is is you need to come up with a statement that you know puts your position out there on this, and I would probably encourage them to say you know we probably did come up short with uh, how we were managing our warehouse and its personnel, and we mm-hmm. we want to work uh, with them and we want to do a better job and it. If I were them, that's what I would do, and and I and I hope they feel I hope they feel that way, and then you know at the end of the day, I mean this is this is uh, not going to be good for their business, but you know the bright spot is at least they're not Volkswagen, so yeah. <laughs> don't get me started on those guys. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, I, so Frederick, yeah. one thing that's worth mentioning is um, that you can find quite a, a lot of articles about B&H in the past about discrimination lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the earliest one that, that I found is 2007. So it's been, it's been some time, 2009 against female workers, uh, 2011, another racial discrimination lawsuit. So it seems like there's some history here and they, they have to deal with this. You know, I think that it's, it's, it's not a good, I mean, certainly not good for the company and hopefully, uh, Hopefully they've realized that. I agree. I agree with Derek. They have to. They have to come out and address it head on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. anything, it's, it's like crisis management one hundred and one. You can't. You can't be silent because people will form their own opinions, and it only takes a short minute for people to the 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 masses to form an opinion and then go with it and you know convict you in the court of public opinion. Right? Exactly, and not only can you not be silent, but when you do say something, which needs to be pretty soon. Uh, it needs to be sincere and you need to follow up, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, this is a real opportunity for them. You can, as a company or an individual, you can take any bad situation in almost any bad situation, except for Volkswagen and, and, um, <laughs> and turn it around in, you know, into something that, you know, can propel you to the next level. I mean, they have a real opportunity here to do something uh, with this. Yeah. And I, I personally, I'd like to see them do it. I mean, you know. I think they're they're an interesting company, and I'd like to see them do the right thing. So, uh, Valerie, I want to I want to have you weigh in on on like what you would do on this. Before we do that, Eric, you have some business school experience, I believe. So, if you were if you were called in as a consultant to B and H right now, and they said, "Hey, Eric, we're under fire, man. We need some help. Uh, how do we how do we spin our way out of this? What would your what would your top line advice be to them?" Where did you read that I had business school experience? <laughs> no, I actually haven't I been know. in school, but I, I've done a lot of PR work, obviously, uh, and I'm, yeah, I'm media yeah. trained. And um, I, I think if they don't have, I mean, surely BNH Photo has PR people, I'm sure. But if they they don't, it's I would just recommend working with, working with experts and working with the people who are who are having issues. I mean, I think unionizing is a is a pretty major thing to do for a group of employees and. Um, you know, it, to to have two hundred people in a situation where they're they're you know they're they're wanting to unionize, um, it does mean that something unsustainable is going on. Um, so I, you know, I think we've we've I mean, none of us are experts in what is really going on out there. So you know, I think it's really a dial. They have yeah. to have a dialogue um, and arbitration in order to make this work. And you know, I think the union is kind of being the placeholder for for a way to force arbitration. 
Um, and that may be the only way yeah. forward. Yeah. So again, I think it's just, it's a story that, that we're going to be tracking with great interest as photographers. Absolutely. Yeah. And as to it, Valerie, what about you? If you are, you're consulting with these guys and they need, uh, they need your help to get out of this mess, what would you tell them to do? Well, definitely they should, they should come out soon and, and make a statement that would yeah. be, uh, I think if this happened just a few days ago, it, I don't know, it should have been done by now, but, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, it's there's just no reason for people to. I mean, there's some some of the statements. People are working like at seven a.m. and at eleven p.m. they're still working in the warehouse. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, I know I'm French, and <laughs> but because you're not, you're I, saying you're not really qualified to talk about that. No. <laughs> thinking. I mean, I already think that people here are overworked and underappreciated and i mean I, I have friends who've been working with a company for 10 years and they're still getting just two weeks off paid vacation yeah. right. a year i'm like come on who that's just ridiculous so just to see those those people working you know double shift in a warehouse under conditions where they have to lift things they're not supposed to be lifting and breathing you know dust all day that just it's unacceptable yeah well Ah, yeah, it's interesting. Well, we'll keep an eye on this, as Eric said, you know, as it unfolds, which hopefully will be soon. Hopefully BNH will respond. Maybe even, maybe even by the time this episode goes live, they will have responded. So uh, you're, keep your eye on that. All right, guys, we're going to move on to story number three. Time flies so fast when you're doing this show. Um, story number three is about National Geographic. So, um, you know, what? let's take a quick break before we do this story. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about National Geographic. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by Stride Health, a headache-free experience that brings refreshing transparency to a notoriously impersonal and somewhat deliberately opaque industry, and that's healthcare. Stride Health's intelligent algorithm compares 38 factors and searches thousands of plans to find your single and most effective and valuable plan, saving you over 400 bucks a year. And they get that decision back to you in 10 minutes. That's about 90 minutes faster than healthcare.gov. They also help you find in-network and effectual healthcare as well as discounts on prescriptions. A little known fact is that most healthcare plans come with many free benefits that few people utilize. Stride Health will build you a plan that takes maximum advantage of the free and preventative healthcare included with your health insurance plan. And lastly, photographers work on demand and so does Stride Health. Their experts are available year-round to answer your questions and fight your battles for you. You can check out Stride Health today at stridehealth.com twip. That's stridehealth.com twip. All right, guys, we're back. So uh, let me read this blurb. It says, in the opening days of the month when National Geographic magazine is scheduled to be turned over to 21st Century Fox... The magazine's employees were told to stand by their phones to wait for calls one by one to come in from human resources to learn the fate of their jobs. Uh, among those, <laughs> that's so sad. I hate to hear that. I've seen this. I've been one of those guys standing by the phone. You know? um, so, so, so fast forward to Tuesday, among those who were the first to be let go on Tuesday morning, according to our source, and this is coming to us from NPAA, was also one of the magazine's top picture editors and one of the magazine's page designers, who, according to several photographers, was the, quote, best designer on staff, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, 
you know, I, so this story is interesting. And Eric, I want to start with you on this. So National Geographic, the largest Washington Post reported today that National Geographic's were the largest in the organization's 127 year history. Um, and it impacts every department of the society, including National Geographic Channel reportedly the most profitable division of the nonprofit. When you see the story, Eric, when you saw this, um, is yeah, a couple of things came to my mind personally. I think of Nat Geo and I think of like the, the yellow square yeah. that my dad had a subscription to. We had a wall full of those and we'd go find them, you know, and go look through things and dream about places that we might one day travel to in the future. This reminds me of, of Kodak in a lot of ways, you know, where you have these, these, institutions that we grew up with that are iconic that we now start seeing that you know the there's there's lead pipes instead of you know i don't know what do you what do you think when you saw this well i i think it's again i think it's probably much more complicated than most people in the media are reporting national geographic is a pretty complex organization and has lots of different businesses associated with it you know the yellow square in the magazine is is probably more representative of traditional publishing which is really not doing that well, but they have, you know, they mm -hmm. have the Natural mm -hmm. Society, which continues to be a nonprofit, which had its endowment actually increased by, by the merger or acquisition. Um, and they have obviously lots of travel. The branding is National Geographic's brand covers a huge swath of kind of what people do in media and travel and TV. And also the TV station, uh, uh, the, the National Geographic channel has been working with Fox for like 18 years or something. So, you know, they have a long history together. And so I think it's overly simplistic to say, you know, Fox is acquiring Nat Geo, it's, it's going to hell. But of course, the, the layoffs are are unfortunate. Yeah. There's always layoffs when you do that, though. I mean, you have two big organizations, there's, be there's always overlap. Yeah. And it's not layoffs. Yeah, there's redundancies. Hey, that guy's been doing my job, you know, for 20 years longer than I have. So I got to go. You know, it's that's generally the way it goes. You know, but I haven't talked to a single free. photographer who has had a good thing to say <laughs> about this. Yeah, about this merger. They about this merger. See, they think of like Rupert Murdoch being, you know, a climate control skeptic and our climate change skeptic. And and now they think of him, you know, they think of that legacy <laughs> on top of geographic. And I saw that their devo uh, National Geographic is yeah. devoting a full episode to climate change. And so maybe that it's going to combat that perception or something. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. See a whole episode on how global warming <laughs> is a myth. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> we can't have that. I don't know. Um, we're going to go fast on this. Valerie, what do you what do you think about this? This this whole thing and the layoffs and the merger and all that? Well, I think NetGeo lost its luster a long time ago, if that's the right expression. I mean, it, yes, there was the magazine, it was beautiful, but it's, you know, now it's what a, a TV channel that, you know, it's pretty much reality TV. It's, it's not really quality. I mean, there, there, I'm sure there are, some, I don't watch TV much, but the few times that I've actually gone into the National Geographic uh, channel, I was just, I thought I was on the wrong channel, to be honest mm, with you. I was mm. so disappointed. And uh, that's not the standard I would have expected from, the magazine I used to read. Yeah. Um, and well, quality, uh, so, quality doesn't sell these days, right? It's all about, well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that's just, yeah, that's right. No, Derek, Derek piggyback on that. So uh, like Valerie was saying, we, we had a certain brand perception of Nat Geo and from a photographer standpoint, Nat Geo used to be the Holy grail, right? In a lot yeah. of ways, it's like you got an assignment from Nat Geo to go to so-and-so you're the real deal at that point. Right. So you think yeah, that's I mean, gone? That's what I wanted to be when I grew up, right? And when I was a mm -hmm. little kid, I wanted to shoot for life. And then 
later on, I wanted to shoot for Nat Geo. So it was an aspiration publication for sure. Uh, but, you know, like you know, Eric and Valerie saying, it, it has changed over the years. It's, it's different now. And I mean, you know, now they, they, they sell shoulder bags and, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff too. Although I have to say, um, uh, not everything they're doing is, is down the tubes. I, when I was in Cuba, um, one of the tours there, you know, they run regular tours all over the world too. And one of the tours, there was a national geographic tour where they had about, um, a dozen people or so. And it looked like a really well-run tour with, you know, they were visiting places and having thoughtful interviews. And I, I thought really doing a, a nice job of, of, you know, showing people, you know, the inside of, of Cuba there, Havana and so forth. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, the thing is, the minute you see a merger, the minute you see an acquisition these days, you know, a certain list of things are going to happen. And, uh, and, you know, to me, when I see these stories, I just think they're sort of inevitable. And the numbers could have been worse, in all honesty, not to take anything away from those who lost their job. I feel for them. But uh, numbers could have been worse on this. They, there may be more up the road. But um, it seems uh, business as usual to me. And uh, National Geo it just isn't, what, it, isn't what it used to be. It's just what happens. It just, yeah, it, you're, you're yeah, totally right. It just, it's just what happens. And, and I don't like it when I hear of a merger or when I hear of an acquisition. I like you know fox or murdoch taking ash i mean you just hear it you just i don't know how you guys feel but when i heard it just my stomach just went wow really why'd it have to be them you know i I just (laughs) i just i am not i've never i just i am not a fan of this time of year the holiday season because because of of this stuff i mean you condition having spent Decades in corporate America, you're conditioned to know that, <laughs> you know, around this time, all the rumors and murmurs and all that stuff start about who's getting cut and the yeah. department's downsizing and this and all that. And am I going to have my job? Do I have to start showing that I'm actually, you know, let me make sure all my projects are buttoned up so my boss knows that I'm valuable. So I get on the good list, you know, all that stuff happens. And then you end up seeing, like, I know personally right now today, several people that are in that position that are like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do for Christmas, you know, because I might not have a job. Exactly. It might be a, a Charlie Brown Christmas this year, you know, in every single year that happens, which is one of the reasons why I'm not doing that kind of thing right yeah. now. I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, we're, go ahead, we're, we're here, Frederick, you and I are here where we are in, in, in part because of that process, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, when I when I walked into uh, you know the O'Reilly conference room and they went din, 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 <laughs> with uh, severance packages, then you go, all right, you know what? I'm an entrepreneur now. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, exactly. yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you're, 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 I said the same thing, there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's a it, you know, there's there's being an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. Mm. It's stressful because you're like, mm. we're always doing stuff. It's not like, I, right. you know what, today I'm just going to veg out and sit in my office and close the door <laughs> yeah, and make right. money. You're all like Valerie's dead tired right now. But Valerie, I would argue that you are probably the happiest that you've been in your entire life right oh, now. Yeah, know? for sure. I mean, I, yeah. I, I moved here and I, I knew corporate America was not for me. So I completely bypassed that and started my own business right away. Yeah. Not as a photographer at first, but I knew I wasn't cut out to, well, to work, you know long hours with little 
summer and little with <laughs> a guillotine, vacation, you know, with a, guillot- was, a French term, a guillotine swinging over your head. <laughs> just like, you know, I, I came, I come from a country where you have five weeks paid vacation for right away when you start working yeah. and, wow. uh, and you know, you, it's, so it's a completely it's different, different. mindset different. and I'm not cut out for the corporate America mindset. Let's, I mean, that's clear. I uh, so I, I had to work for me. I had no other choice. I would have been a real nightmare to anybody. Yeah, would I wouldn't have, have not have wanted to work with or <laughs> under or had you work for me. And <laughs> So, but so, yeah, I work constantly. <laughs> I, I work more than 40 hours a week. That's for I know, sure. We all but do. I'm happy. We all do. Yeah, <laughs> we all do. All right. Um, I want to move on fast. Eric, I know you have a hard stop. You got baby stuff happening tonight. So we're going to we're going to let you go in just a second. Before we do that, I want to I want to get your last thoughts on this, especially considering that you're hot on the heels of having left a corporate job. Right. So and now you're kind of in that middle limbo period. A story like this, how does it weigh in on you? How does how does it make you feel the whole layoff thing? Uh, well, I mean, like, I think it wasn't. An, and, and just to be clear, you right. were not laid off. <laughs> yeah. You, and, and actually, the, you know, the you corporate job I was in was not so corporate because I was running the office here. So it was really yeah. uh, on my terms. And it was it was really I mean, from the outside, it was, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I think. It looked like the dream job. And, and these yeah. are the sorts of jobs that I've always pursued, which are jobs that are very much in line with my interests. You know, so just like Valerie's saying, you can work. Yeah. I mean, I was working, say, 80 hour weeks or longer, uh, which is just nor- I actually can't imagine life another way, because if I'm not working, I think the most the worst job I had was a job that kept me at 35 hours a week. Uh, you know, like the French and, (laughs) and that, that was a, it was a corporate job, you know, (laughs) writing like options trading software on wall street or something. And it was on contract and I was, you know, I was doing my work, but it wasn't that, not that exciting. And, um, and so I, I don't know, I feel for the people who are laid off and I hope national geographic can maintain its, its quality standards. I mean, you know, I know that some people aren't happy with the way it is now, but I, I really enjoy the magazine still. You know, when I meet people who don't like the magazine, they're usually people who don't read it. And in the articles are the very, the few articles that are very much in depth with a lot of thought given to the photography and the writing uh, about a particular subject. And that's just hard to find these days. And it's also hard to find people who will read that because most yeah. people, nobody has attention span and, you know, their headlines only have right. one sentence instead of two or three. And <laughs> um, that's totally right. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. Before we, I'm going to, I'm going to switch things up a little bit. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to, I'm going to, before I let you go, Eric, I'm going to get your, um, your pick of the week so that we can, then we'll let you go. All right. So let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, we use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know, all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, FreshBook offers 
us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or you know, sort of messing with our creative juices. With FreshBooks, you can invoice clients. It's easy. You can do it in seconds, and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger. You're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff. You can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your, on your mobile phone. You can whip up business reports. You can stay on top of your income, expenses, and tax time is coming up. So with a couple of clicks, you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP, enter the code This Week in Photo or TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to, uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of This Week in Photo. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, we're going to dive into the pick of the week area section of the show right now. This is a segment where you guys can pick something as long as it's related to photography. Eric, I know you got to run. What is your pick of the week? Uh, well, actually, it's related to something that I was doing a lot uh, at DJI, which is photogrammetry. You know, so this is uh, extracting data from photography, basically, and usually photography that that is moving. So, you know, just in the same way that we see a stereo world with two eyes. You can imagine photographs taken in, you know, a hundred or a thousand different locations, which gives you a lot of really interesting data about the world. So this would be typically 3D data, full 3D modeling data, and also enough pictures so that you can ortho rectify uh, basically a, a large panoramic image and lay it on a map and have it be accurate. So I've been doing a ton of this and the software that's typically used actually mostly is free. Uh, their Pix4D, that's P-I-X-4-D has, um, has a, a free software package you can download that will take just arbitrary images. You can go roaming around uh, around a house taking pictures of it, and then you can just dump it in the software or use, uh, use the cloud to, uh, to process it. And you get um, something that works in Google Maps and you get, you know, in Google Earth, and you get something that also lets you interact with the 3D, 3D environment. Um, and also drone deploy, that's, that's another crazy. one. It's very, the name is drone centric, but you can actually drop arbitrary imagery into their website. They're 100% cloud-based, and it will just generate. It'll extract all the content from those pictures and generate a 3D model. So, for example, I had my swimming pool removed because it was leaking and it was in horrible condition. And before, just for kicks, I flew a phantom around it and figured out the volume of the pool so that I, I could calculate how many uh, tons of dirt and therefore dump trucks worth of dirt needed to be carted in to fill it. Um, wow. turns out the pool company already knows all this stuff because they've been doing it as their career, but, <laughs> but it was fun for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, Thank I got you for no the data, response, smart no guy, but we got it, um, but it was fun. It's more like training. So if you're interested in kind of, you know, looking at the neck, what kind of data you can pull out of traditional photography, I highly recommend both or Pix40 drone deploy and also, uh, Agisoft photo scan, which is a commercial product. Um, but it's very commonly used for like interior reconstruction for for VR and computer games. Very cool. All right, man. Uh, before you leave, what's what's coming up for you in the uh, in the coming months? Uh, well, since I'm in between jobs, I'm I'm trying to take a proper 
paternity leave to spend time with my son, Mako, uh, who's named after the shark. <laughs> Um, and, uh, nice, nice. but you know, I've been, it, I feel like I have a job because I'm still working more than, more than 40 hours a week somehow, even with no full-time job. Um, the other thing is that I'm doing a press release for the new book, uh, which is exciting. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that's called, uh, aerial photography and videography using drones. Oh, there it this is one a right big here, white right? blob. Oh, what? Can you see it? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, let's see if we can get some I got one. I got data one. on there. Wait. Wait, there it is, kind of. <laughs> Here it is, yeah. yeah. It's a field right. guide about uh, learning how to use drones or quadcopters to take pictures from the air. Um, and I'm doing a book signing, actually, in San Jose at Drone World Expo, which is November 17th and 18th. And if you go to Drone World Expo, oh, cool. if you go to the website, you can register for free and uh, and come check it out and get a book signed if you're interested. All right. Maybe you'll if I, if I bring an Inspire down there, will you sign it with a Sharpie? I will. In fact, someone asked me to sign their iPad too, right across the front. So maybe I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't need that. You can sign it with with a virtual. Pen I'll sign. Or something I'll sign your chest too if you're interested. No, we, no, we're not going there. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you coming on. You'll be on more in the future. I have a feeling. Hope so. And uh, and have a good night and go play with that shark. Yeah, I will. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Okay. Bye. See you. All right, guys, uh, let's roll back up here in the show. We were going to do, we're going to get down. Let's just finish with the picks of the week since we're already in that section. Valerie, what's your, what's your pick of the week? Mine is a book and it's uh, by Jay Maisel and it's called, it's not about the F stop. Uh-oh. And it was published at Voices That Matter, which is Peach Pit. And I think you can get it for about $30 on Amazon. That's a book you really want a print version, in my opinion, um, because it's just, beautiful and it's quite a large book although it's paperback but um there it's the photograph and the creative process it's not technical i don't even think there is any no there's no metadata on the what, and what's the, what's the premise it. of the book is it is it a well, photo book just, or is it? it yes it's uh well jay mazel is the new york photographer mm-hmm. um uh, and um who it, it you know, he photographs, it could be, it could be anything, you know, it's, he does a lot of street photography, but um, it, um, it could be something in nature or just, uh, it's all about light or whatever. And then it's the, the creative process and the story behind the picture, which I always find so entertaining to read and so refreshing, because it's not about gear or technical, um, or it's not even about education in the pure sense of the word for photography. It's really about the creative process. And this is kind of the, it's kind of the ethos that you teach in your workshops as well, right? It's not about about, the gear. It's it's more about seeing. Yeah. It's it's the art of seeing photographically, which is, uh, which is what I teach. And, uh, and it really, it, yeah. And it's, it's Jamie Azell. So of course you, you won't be disappointed. Disappointed. Very cool. Yeah. And it's like 30 bucks. Very cool. Perfect Mm -hmm. pick of the week. Awesome. All right. Derek Story, what about you? What is your pick of the week? Well, uh, first, before I say, you know, I think Jay Mazzell is terrific. And, you know, if you ever get a chance to go see him, he's still, he doesn't speak as much as he used to, but uh, like he used to speak at uh, Photoshop World and stuff all the time. Just go see him. (laughs) Go see him. He's, he's cool. He's like, what, 83, 4 now? Yeah. 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 I had the the opportunity to meet him one time. I think he was having lunch with somebody else and I had a chance to say hello and shake his hand. Yeah. And it was just like, it was like shaking the hand of the Pope or something. He's like photo royalty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More exciting than the Pope, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should be a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. 
Love it. All right, Derek, what do you got? Uh, so mine's just a, a little piece of hardware that I think is fun. Uh, it's a Manfrotto. It's a monopod. It's called the X-Stream. And uh, it's a it's a two-in-one. And the reason why I like it is because uh, all, it's very simple. All they did was they, they put the, the screw at both ends of the tripod. Did I get, Am I on the right page here? I'm trying to find no, it. No, well, um, here, here, here. Wait, here it is. Compact Extreme? Yeah, that's it. That's it there. That's okay, it there. Got it. And um, so all they did is put the screw at both ends. And so you just put a cap on the end that you're, you're not using, you know. And so then you can, like I shoot with like an Olympus Air sometimes, and I can just put the Olympus Air at, at the end of it and then put it up way over my head and then have my uh, iPhone down here and, and see what I'm doing. Or you can turn it around and use it as a regular monopod. You can put a GoPro on there. Yeah, I mean, it's just you can just do all sorts of stuff with it, and it's really light and really compact, and it's forty-five bucks. And so uh, I would like to go. I would like to go on record to say that this is the very first show that Derek Story came on and and made a selfie stick his pick of the week. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't use it as a selfie stick. <laughs> <laughs> It's a compact extreme. It is not a selfie stick, even though. Well, I already, I already well established. <laughs> I do not take pictures of myself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it looks, Instagram. it looks well made. Now, do you have one of these? Because I do. I, I like actually it's... carry around. And so, what I do is, I put the uh, Olympus Air on one end, and I put my uh, iPhone at the other. And then I don't really do drone photography, but I do like high angles for certain things. Mm-hmm. And so, I use it for my high angle photography, and it's, uh, it's really a lot of fun. And you're pretty tall to begin with, so it is kind of almost well, like drone photography. Thing, you know, you, 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 add, you add me to it, and it's, you can get some good angles there. That's you right. know, the you other thing that's like- good for, just, just one other thing before, you know, you ever have that thing where you have to take these gigantic group shots with all these people, and you, you don't have, yeah. you know, all the steps and everything? You know, so you have to get up high. So instead of carrying a ladder around or whatever, I just carry this, and I just put the thing up there and, and then I just put the camera up high and it's really a lot easier than having to carry um, scaffolding with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and it's, you said it was 45 bucks, right? 45 bucks. Yeah. It works out. It's really nice. God, so much, so much cool gear. Valerie, you're probably like, ah, I don't need that. You know, more gear yep. to carry around on the plane. <laughs> You'll never see me with a tripod again. <laughs> it's a never monopod. It's a monopod. Or a monopod. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You you never use one seriously? No, I I mean I I used to shoot interiors for years so and, yeah. and food so I I had to carry a tripod with me for okay, many so years and now good... it's like never I mean to me as a street photographer which is a lot of what I shoot um, if I'm doing a long exposure of you know at night or people dancing tango on the riverbank in Paris. Uh, the part of the fun is honestly to find the right place to set my camera. Wow. It's going to be a bench. It's going to be a garbage can. It's going to anything. I don't care. That's just part of the challenge. See, that's interesting. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm in this mode now where I'm trying to prepare for this trip to Vietnam yeah, for two don't weeks. Bring a tripod. And that was on my list. I'm like, do I bring, do I not bring a tripod? Do I bring my little me photo tripod or do I, just bring a little gorilla pod with me and or or nothing so you're saying nothing well the thing is i mean i've carried the gorilla pod uh for a couple of workshops with me and i ended up i ended, I ended up never using it because mm. it's like why do i want to mess with that yeah, unless you keep yeah. your camera on it all the time which as yeah. a street photographer would be really strange right, um right. and uh 
I don't know. It's just one extra thing to carry. No, it's uh, just me and my little camera. There. I love it. I love it. And you and you're yeah. We'll we'll talk about that later. I have a, I have a ton of questions for you. I can get, I can write your uh, packing list for you. you very should, I know. Yeah, <laughs> you should see my floor over here. There's stuff all over it as I prepare. Um. All right. Cool. So we had the. It's not about the f stop from Valerie Derek Manfredo Compact Extreme Two and One. Um, selfie, I mean, monopod pole <laughs> for 45 bucks. Eric, Eric's four picks, 4d drone deploy and Agisoft photo scan. And mine is Eric's book. My pick of the week is Eric's book. I just got this and I just started reading it and it couldn't have been more timely because I was thinking, I haven't bought my drone yet. I've been threatening to buy it all year. And speaking with Eric, I'm glad I haven't bought it yet. Cause there's a lot of things to know before I get, I kind of dive in there. And this is in a lot of ways, the definitive book on aerial and drone-based photography for someone like me that's never really done it. I mean, I've flown other people's once or twice, but I've never like, okay, I'm going to go get some real video or images with this thing. And this feel, I feel like this book will prepare me to do that. So check it out. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's called Aerial Photography and Videography Using Drones by none other than Mr. Eric Chang. All right, guys, uh, let's do our listener Q&A real quick. Um, this is, you guys, this is Q&A where we get to answer questions from our listeners. This one's from Simon. Simon says, I'm considering, Simon says, Simon says, I'm considering making some photo books for my family as presents for this Christmas. Which service would you recommend that makes the best quality books? What, uh, and would that choice change if money wasn't an object? Hmm. Derek Story, what do you think? Photo books, any suggestions? I'm not, yeah, I'm not an expert in this area at all. I yeah, mean, you don't do books? You don't do the photo book thing? I, I do, but I, I mean, I just use the standard services. I use, you know, Blurb or, you know, or Blurb straight or out iPhoto, of, like yeah, straight out iPhoto, iPhoto, whatever. Yeah, you know, just I, whatever's uh whatever's closest to my my mouse button <laughs> so i don't it's a commodity right in a lot yeah. of ways it's a commodity yeah i mean i mean i i focus more on the pictures but i don't know but i'm sure some are much better than others i just don't know them love it love it valerie what about you uh i've used blurb but i've used cheaper alternatives in the past which um, you de- I mean, you definitely get what you pay for. Yeah. Uh, so if you want some quality, I think Blurb is probably a good place to start. It's not mm-hmm. cheap, but it there's a lot more expensive out there too. So, um, yeah. And they have a lot of coupons. You can get 30% off, 40% off. So if you time it right, you could definitely get a good deal. And, uh, and you don't need to go, you know, hardcover, blah, blah, blah. You can just do, you could find a cheaper alternative. I mean, it's really about the content, especially if it's a present right, uh, yeah, for right. family. It doesn't have yeah. to be a huge coffee table book. It's really about the content. So get some good quality. I think it's more about the quality of the images than, you know, how, the wow factor of the book. Love it. Perfect, perfect advice. Eric uh, put in the show notes here that he's also a Blurb fan um, and my publisher. And my publisher, I don't know if Apple's using them now. I think Apple may have, they just own that service now. But back in the day when I was at Apple, they uh, they were using my publisher as kind of the back end for the books and print service. And Eric also recommends chat books for Instagram. And he put a code in here to get your first book free. And we'll put that code in the show notes for this episode. So head over to thisweekinphoto.com for episode 438 and you'll see the code. 
Um, and my my suggestion would be one that I've played with. And I've, I've actually ordered about five or six books from these guys. It's a company called Hey Mosaic. And it's pretty fun because it's it allows you to tie into your Instagram feed or you can I think you can tie in your Instagram feed or you can just, you know, take photos from your iPhone because it's an iPhone app. Take photos from your iPhone camera roll, lay them out in there and press a button. And a couple of days later, the book shows up. That's it. So I've made books literally while sitting in traffic. <laughs> you know? I was in there, I'll make a book, lay it out, done, send, and have it because I have addresses in there for all my family members. So I was like, oh, yeah, I want to send my sister a book. So I make a little quick book, send, it charges me, and it's she gets it in a couple of days, you know? And it just it works. And it's weird the how impressed people are with tactile gifts of photography you know, other than, Hey, here's a, here's a link. Go check out these cool images. You send her something that she can thumb through and she like breaks into tears. It's amazing. So yeah. So definitely check those out. I don't have a coupon for Hey Mosaic unless they want to give me one to give out. Um, and I will, but, uh, yeah, definitely check them out. So, so you were the guy I was behind down there in San Jose the other day. Only if it was the guy that was driving with his knees. Yeah, that was right. me. <laughs> exactly. That guy's making a book over there. <laughs> Hey, if you know Bay Area traffic, I could have done my taxes yeah, sitting in traffic, true, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, guys. Um, listeners, if you have a question you'd like us to tackle and make fun of on This Week in Photo, just hit up hit us up on the site and click that submit a question link and we'll we'll get to it. All right, guys. Uh, geez, where are we at? We got through the show. We got the listener QA. We did picks of the week. Uh, I guess this is the end, Valerie. What's coming up for you in the future? Oh, I'm actually going to be spending a month writing. Well, besides shooting, but I'm not going to travel much. Um, after I'm back early December, I'm going to Austin, Texas to speak uh, for Fujifilm. And then that's it until Paris in January. So, Wow. So you get to hang out with the family at home? Yeah, and, and write and, and go out on photo walks and just... Uh, enjoy yeah. that beautiful and snow weather in, <laughs> in your state and all that, I'll right? be ready to leave again by January, I'm sure. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah just to, just to uh, take a little break, you know, it's uh, as, uh, as, as I say, and that might be very French again, but uh, you, you work to live and you don't live to work. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Or as they say in the entrepreneur circle, circles, work on your business, not in your business. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Yeah, that's deep, isn't it? I know. Derek's story, what about you? What do you, what do you have coming up? Uh, right now, I'm uh, I'm enjoying working in the studio. I, I have no travel nice. for the next little bit, and I'm loving it. Working on uh, the digital story uh, podcast mm -hmm. every week, and uh, planning mm -hmm. the workshops. And another another project that we're working on as well. We'll we'll be talking about that at some point, I suppose. Mm -hmm. We will. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes, working on that too. Uh, and I'm, and I'm now recording for Linda, uh, in my studio. I'm not going down the carp anymore. So, oh, yeah. Really? So I, I'm using my recording studio here for that too, which is really kind of cool. I mean, I, I miss working with a team down there, but, um, it's kind of nice, uh, you know, recording, uh, 
No, I won't. I won't. Uh, it's, it's nice recording I know in casual to, clothing. It, it's nice to be able to roll out of bed in my underwear and record a uh, Linda course. No. But I, you know what? I don't want people to have that image in their head while they're listening to my photos for OS Ten title. Yeah, it's too late, Derek. Oh my God, he's in his boxers. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I'm going to put a picture of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love and, it. And if anybody's not, not listening to Street Focus yet, uh, we're at episode 60 this week. Yay. I can't believe that. Yeah. That's six zero. Yep. Episode six zero. That is crazy. Valerie, you you gotta you gotta stand up and take a bow. You gotta take a bow. <laughs> no, I won't. But thank you. <laughs> a curtsy, at least a curtsy. Go on. <laughs> but seriously, it's been really fun. I have a lot of great shows coming up, so I'm going to be recording a lot actually in December. Besides Wonderful. writing and taking pictures. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. yeah, definitely check that out. Thisweekinphoto.com/slash/street or twip.pro/slash/street will take you right over to it. Street Focus, or just go to twip this week in photo and look in the menu. It's just right at the top. Google my name. Right at the top of the page. Yeah, you'll find it. Yeah, and it's everywhere. Street Focus is the name of the game. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, as for me, like I said earlier, I'm still prepping and getting a little nervous for my Vietnamese trip, wondering what to take, trying not to underpack or overpack. You know, and Valerie, remember when I went to Paris with you? Yeah, just don't put all your cords and chargers <laughs> in your uh, checked-in bag. That, that bag is right over there on my floor <laughs> with all my little adapters and all that stuff. That is not going to be checked. It will not okay. be checked. Uh, all right, guys, we're at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank our sponsors for this episode, Stride Health Fresh Books and i5 for their support of TWIP. Um, and we'll put links to all of you guys' presences online in the notes for this episode. And listeners, once again, be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com to find all of our shows, including Valerie's fantastical show called Street Focus and a lot of other shows that we have there that are all about photography. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. <laughs> Weekend Photo is a PixelCore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. <laughs>